Today, we come into Memorial Day weekend, and we think about remembering those that have um, died in, in defense of the country. But we think about something else. Uh, the, the, the thought that came to my mind, it was in remembrance. In, in remembrance. And that's going to be the focus of our message today. And where do you think of when someone says, or if you hear the phrase, in remembrance of me, in remembrance of me. So I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 12. The book of Exodus, chapter 12. Now we're going to be looking at the passage of scriptures. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture within Exodus. In a little while, we're going to go to the New Testament, but in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 1 through 14, and 26 through 27, and 40. And Exodus, as we talked about in our Bible minute earlier, is the second book of the Bible. So it's, it's right there out in front. So in Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through through 14, then 26 through 27, and then 40. So let's read those passages of Scripture, and then we'll do a little bit of a background and explanation. So Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 14 first. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you, speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb, according um, to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head and its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you, you eat it, with the belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat in the haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt in that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men, man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Now let's skip ahead to verse 26 through 27. And it shall, and it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? But you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households 
So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. And then in verse 40, Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. May God have his blessings through reading his word. So let's lay a little bit of context. You may be familiar with pieces or parts of the story. But the Israelites were in Egypt, and they were in bondage in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. They built a lot of things in Egypt. And then God raised up Moses and called out Moses. And we could spend a lot of time on the story of Moses. You know, Moses uh, was raised in the house of Pharaoh because they were killing everybody his age. And his mom put him in a little ark and along the river. And Pharaoh's daughter picked him up and then raised him uh, after and, and raised him up. And then Moses, through some circumstances, ended out in the wilderness, and we have the burning bush story, and then God brings Moses back in and into the life of the Israelites to lead them out. Now, I just summarize a whole lot of scripture and a lot of stories, but maybe that'll intrigue you to go read it. So here we are, at this time, we are preparing for the 10th plague. There have been nine other plagues, and these plagues were to try to convince Pharaoh to let my people go, to let the people go. And there were various ones, and if you studied into them, you could probably find some interesting studies that the, the Egyptians had various false gods that they worshipped, and each one of the plagues kind of addressed some of those different things, because they relied a lot on the Nile River, and God addressed the river, made it like blood. There were plagues of flies and uh, plagues, of, uh, plagues that had to do with uh, uh, darkness. There were just different plagues, and there were nine of them up to this point. And now we come to plague number 10. And plague number 10 was that the, the firstborn across all of Egypt was going to die. God was going to take the firstborn across all of Egypt. Of the animals, of the pharaoh, of everyone. But here we have the institution, the creation of the Passover. Of the Passover. And there's unique distinctions about the Passover, but we have the Passover. They were to take a lamb, or it could be of a goat, and it was supposed to be without blemish. And what were they supposed to do with it? They were to take the lamb or the goat, they were set it apart, and they were going to take it in, and they were going to have a special meal on the particular night. And so they take the lamb, they would kill it, and then they were going to take the blood from the lamb that they had killed and take it and wipe it on the doorpost and the lintel. Now what in the world is a lintel? you think about a door, if you're going to a door, you have a post and a post, and then you have this part that goes across the top. That's called the lintel. So it's the post, post, and the lintel. And so they're supposed to take the blood from this lamb and put it on those three places. And then what was happened as the destroyer would come, as this plague was coming across, and they would look, and the angel comes across, the angel of death, as it were, comes across, and looks, 
if he sees the blood on the doorpost, they're supposed to stay in the house, not go out, supposed to eat it all. But if he saw the door on the doorpost, he would pass over. Door on the doorpost, he would pass over. There's a really nice song, an old hymn. He will pass, he will pass over me. Judgment is coming, all will be. If you don't know the hymn, you can look it up. But it's the pass over. And so they're in there, it's the shedding of blood. Now what happened later was at the Passover took place, while they're in eating the Passover, they're supposed to have their shoes ready to go because what's going to happen? Pharaoh, child, dies. But the Israelites don't. Their firstborn don't die. If they had the door over the lintel and the doorpost from the Passover lamb, this lamb's sacrifice for the blood for the angels of the sea to pass over. And then after 430 years and sojourning in Egypt, they are free from the bondage. Free to leave. And then we find that once they're in the wilderness, God establishes what? The sacrificial system where they take a lamb without spot or blemish and sacrifice it for sin. See this progression as God reveals the Passover lamb out of the bondage of the Egyptians. And, and they weren't supposed to be taking of leaven. What is leaven? Leaven is what raises bread, right? They're supposed to be unleavened bread. And what does Lebanon symbolize? Sin. So you see, as he's delivering this, then we have the establishment, as we continue through the books of the law, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We see the establishment of the law in those books. We see the establishment of the sacrifice of this lamb for the atonement of sin. And then we find, if we go to the book of Luke, the book of Luke. Now, where's Luke at? We have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, and Luke is in the New Testament, and Luke is one of the first four books of the Bible that are called the Gospels. And so Luke is which book? It's the third book, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, one of the synoptic Gospels that we talked about in our Bible Minute. So let's go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And we're just going to talk about a piece of this and, we're, and, and um, highlight some things. And then we'll, our final passage of Scripture will be in 1 Corinthians. So in Luke chapter 22, what do we have going on here? This is before Jesus went to be crucified. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called Passover. And what is Passover? Passover is what we just talked about. That's Passover. So they're going for Passover. He's going to celebrate Passover uh, with his disciples. So Luke 22, verse 13. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. 
So they're going to have the Passover meal together. And verse 14, now the hour had come. He sat down and the 12 apostles with them. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the wine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise also, likewise he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. He's establishing the Lord's Supper, but he's continuing it during the Passover, during the Passover feast. I want you to think about that during the Passover feast. If you would look in your King James Bible, if you have one, and you would find the word Easter in the Bible, it's referring to the word Pascha. P-A-S-C-H-A is the... English, I forget what the term is, English, making it look like English, but it's in the Greek, for Passover. Easter happens during Passover. See the symbolism? Easter happens during Passover. And if we were still, if we go back in our Bible, uh, where we were in Genesis 12, 26, I stepped over a place I want to call, call out, Genesis 12, 26. It says, And it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service, by Passover? What's it mean? That you shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of Egypt is to remember that they were delivered out of Egypt, out of the bondage of Egypt. He's establishing it during Passover, so it's to help us remember the deliverance that we have out of the bondage of sin. He tied it altogether. It's the sacrifice of the lamb. Who is our lamb, our sacrificial lamb? It is Jesus. And between the initial Passover and the Lord's Supper, we have the lambs that are given as a sacrifice, but they were incomplete. They couldn't. They were almost symbolic with the shedding of their blood. But it wasn't fulfilled until Jesus shed his blood. And so he's establishing this remembrance. And so we can see these parallels as we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. Seventh book of the New Testament. So if you can find Matthew, you can go forward to that. So 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11, we're going to read 20, verses 23 and 24. 23 through 34. I know this is a long passage, but I want you to have this established. 23 through 34. 
For I received from the Lord, this is Paul writing, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. This do in remembrance of me. And so as we remember through taking communion, we need to remember what it cost Jesus. Let me continue verses 27 through 34. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord is an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among us, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. <coughs> Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. For if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. You see in there where it says, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may be, not be condemned with the world. With the world. Now, you tie that back into the book of Exodus. If they followed through with what God told them to do, he gave them the ability to be delivered from the plague and not be judged with the rest of the Egyptians. But they had to obey. They had to obey. And so he gives us these symbols. We have the symbol of the lamb. We have the symbol of the leaven. But it requires the blood. And so as they remember Passover, and they were remembering Passover, and they had done it for generations, this was an annual event that they would remember Passover. It reminded them of how the Israelites had been brought out of bondage, having been slaves to the Egyptians. We have the ability, if we allow the blood of Jesus to be applied, to be brought out of the bondage of sin. And it's important to understand, too, it's, we're not just talking about the forgiveness of sins. We have the ability to have the sin nature dealt with through the shed blood of Jesus. But it's through this lamb, the spotless lamb, blood, the life blood, the shedding of Jesus' blood. So you see, as God reveals that the lamb for the Passover, the sacrifices of the lamb, and here we have the Passover turning into the Lord's Supper that's going to commemorate the forgiveness of sin and the ability to have the freedom from the bondage of sin in Jesus' death and resurrection. So the Passover was the precursor to the deliverance. The Passover... Help them to remember what was going to happen in the deliverance from the bondage of sin. 
which was ahead of the understanding of using the lamb and the shed blood for the remission of sins, coming together in the Lord's Supper to help us remember what's about to happen and the freedom from the bondage of sin and the forgiveness of sins. See the symbolisms here as God reveals and how God brings that true. And then it talks about, it talks about that we don't want to take it unworthily. This is not some casual dinner that we get together and just take it for fun. This is supposed to be important. It's taken in reverence for them that have the shed blood. Applied to their hearts. So, but as we conclude these pieces together, we think about here on Memorial Day, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that there's lots of people on Memorial Day that we've remembered that for the freedoms that we enjoy, for the freedoms that we enjoyed, there were people that shed their blood. Now, the shedding of their blood did not bring the forgiveness of sins. But there has been a price for our freedom. And so we have to remember that, too, on Memorial Day. But I want you to remember, I want you to remember, as we do the Lord's Supper, we need to remember the price that Jesus paid. We need to remember the costs. And we can think about throughout history how God has revealed himself, how God delivered the Egyptians, but also how God passes judgment. And it's important that we take advantage of the things that he's provided us for. So we're remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made. We're remembering the opportunity for delivery. If we haven't asked Jesus into heart, we need to do that and ask him for forgiveness. But we have to remember those things. And if we remember that, we can then praise God for his deliverance. And that should give us hope of eternity and salvation. So, in remembrance of me. So we want to be in remembrance. Let's be standing together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity for us to gather together. Lord, we do remember and have remembrance for those that died for our freedom here in the United States, but we remember, we remember what you did for us and died for us. We remember, we think of the symbols of the blood in the, in, in the cup and we've used um, when we partake of juice. And we think of the symbols in the broken bread and we use the unleavened bread that would have been the occasion at Passover. The unleavened bread without leaven, leaven being a symbol for sin. And we're reminded all the way back of how you delivered them out of Egypt and how you've revealed your will through time. But help us to remember. Help us to remember that we need Jesus. Help us to remember that if our sins aren't forgiven and we just need to cry out to you and God, 
please, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. Help me to follow you. I want to follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to follow you. They just pray that prayer. But others might remember that that same death and resurrection give us the ability to put it all on the line, to lay it out there so we can come out from the bondage of sin so you can deal with our carnal nature. And Lord, help us then to praise you when we remember. And may that praise remind us of the hope we have in eternity with you through your shed blood. And may that give us peace here on earth and comfort. Bless us now, we pray. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as a congregation, just be mindful.